Welcome to a new episode of No Ride Around. It's been a little bit since we've been in the studio. Yeah, it sure has been. And so uh, before we jump all the way into we're just going to reiterate, um, we all know why we're calling it No Ride Around, right? Like, have we... We haven't, since the first episode, we haven't really clarified it. There's like a couple of things I want to clarify today before we get started. One, No Ride Around. And two, um, I actually had somebody ask me... Who sings the song that we opened the show up with? Oh, I was one. You texted yeah. me. I was like, what? Yeah, I know. It's left field. Um, and so I wanted to circle back on it because the person who asked me about the song is somebody who lives in a suburb area. So I automatically got on my heels a little bit. I'm like, yeah, I know. This is some, a little aggressive. You know, it's kind of out there, you know, yeah. like uh, it's got some teeth. And they're like, no, 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 dude. I love it. I want to put it on my on my phone to like when I listen to music when I ride. And that's why I text nice, you, nice. Th- you know, all the deets on it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, did they find it? Because I don't know if you can find it. I, I don't know if I need to circle back with them to see if you found it. But just recap real quick, like who was it that made that song? What's the story? So, I mean, the the short. So, first of all, the 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 reason that we kind of approached something off the beaten path is like you have to pay. Like if you if I wanted to have some dope ass Eminem song at the beginning of the, the or like podcast, your favorite band like Linkin yeah. Park. Like, oh. <laughs> <clears throat> no, um, but you got to pay for that. Right. So then, right. um, I played music, um, in the early two thousands back when I lived in new Orleans and made a ton of friends and was like, well, Hey, we'll reach out to somebody that we know to see about, Hey, can we use this song? Cause we're broke and we can't pay for a song. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Um, and kind of the nuts and bolts of it are, it was a song that my friend uh, Mike Mathern, who um, is affectionately known as Mike Hardcore, spelled H-A-W-D, <laughs> um, was in a band with our friend Jared. Um, I only loosely knew Jared, um, but Mike and Jared were super tight, as well as my friend Brian. And a couple of years ago, Jared passed away super, super unexpectedly, and uh it was. It just kind of linked in with, you know, super close friends, and then a tribute to this this other friend, and just kind of have something be around that he was a part of that people get to hear. Yeah, so, dude, I love it. Yeah. All right, and then the no ride around concept, guys. I'm bringing this up because uh, two Sundays ago, I went to Winter Park and rode Trestle, which if you if if you ride mountain bikes, even if you're like what the a, hell's Trestle? What's a Trestle? Right. So <laughs> Trestle's Winter Park's downhill mountain bike tracks. Right, it's lift a access BC like you know Whistler Bike Park in totally. Colorado. Yeah, it's it's you know Trestle Keystone's got huge features, but Trestle's where all the the big comps in Colorado are going to use Trestle. They got some super pro lines in there, um, super well maintained. Yeah, like, it's re- like Keystone's burly and neglected, and part of the fun is that it's burly and neglected. Right, and Key or in, uh, Winter Park's very. Groomed and maintained and taken care of. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty pro. Um, they have a line there that you actually have to go get a license, a pro license to to hit the Banana line. Peel. Yeah, yeah, you can't hit it on your own. And so, even if you're an XC race queen, like if you only ride bikes and spandex, and uh, listen, I'm one of you. You know, brothers unite. So <laughs> I'm with y'all. But doing at least one day of downhill lift access a season will radically improve your handling of your bike because everything's faster, bigger. And so you just have to trust and commit and lean into turns and, and just really get out of the way. So strong recommendation. Like do it once a season, even if you're not into it. Um, and do it on your bike. Like I, I think a lot of people go up there and they'll rent like a big double crown fork, big sender bike. But it's not what you're used to riding. Do it on your bike. Stick to the greens and the blues, yeah. right? Um, but if you find yourself on blacks and double blacks, like I did two Sundays ago, no ride around means you go. And these courses are built legit. We just covered that. If you go, they work. If you brake check, peel out, get nervous, stop, come out of position, stand up too tall, whatever. If you do anything that's not right, uh, you can be met with some bad consequences. Now, Winter Park, fortunately, with the exception of those lines that you got to have that license, they're all uh, 
rollable. So yeah. even if you don't send the drops, you can roll them. Even trestle downhill. I mean, it's yeah, it's chunky, and you you'll have to pick your way down. But, but it's a double roll. black. But you can ride it. You can ride everything, even if you don't want to send it. Now, sending it's way cooler, and it feels better, and it flows, but it takes some time. So, um, you know, I, I love how trestle puts all over the place. They say, hey, listen, pre ride, re ride, free ride. I love that. So. You know, I went up there and I found a route that I liked that, in, that connected blues and blacks and double blacks and back to blacks and blues. And I did the same exact route six times in a row. Yeah. Because I was like, it has everything I want. And I started to get more confident or whatever. But no ride around means that when there's that thing in front of you and on the Winter Park downhill, it's a drop or a double or whatever. Um, on your local trails, it's uh, that one section by that tree with the rocks that you always strike a pedal and you never get through. And so then you find a way just to kind of like go the, not really the trail, but everyone started going there and you're going to make a trail, like <clears throat> stay the trail, right? No ride around means go at it. And we're coming up towards the end of the season and some people are a little beat up. Bikes got a little beat up. Egos have gotten a little beat up. <laughs> and so riding around starts to feel like, well, at least I'm still out there. No, no ride around. That's it. That's what it means. Yeah, I think, and you and I have talked about this a lot um, in relationship to, you know, what can we offer some of our teammates in terms of coaching and advice and eliminating that pass-fail Yeah, thing. You like, know, expand on that because we, we were chatting with, working with one of our teammates about that, this whole binary approach to success on the bike. Yeah, it's, it's, <clears throat> there's a trail that we ride almost every week, Sunday nights up in Evergreen, Colorado, and it's got two sections that are tricky. The whole rest of the trail is pretty easy with, you know, for the the loop that we usually do. Um, but there is two particularly tricky spots. And one is just a corner with a giant rock in it. Um, and it's, it's been rerouted, but the reroute kind of sucks. Um, and then up near the top of the, the, the very, very top of the climb, there's um, a switchback. And those are the two spots that yeah. everybody, like, if you're like, hey, can you get those two spots on Evergreen? It's like, yeah, you know you know what they are, right? And the shift in my mentality was to get away again, you know, that binary, like, either I can or I can't, so I'm not going to try it. And I think we all do that. Like, well, I'm not going to try it today. I'm not going to try it today. And then not trying it becomes the norm. That's so the, the, way. the way that you get up that thing is right before you get to it, you unclip or hop off the bike, walk up it, remount. And so your norm is fail, 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 fail. And like what like what bluebird's gonna sit on your shoulder on next week's ride and say, No, today you can do it. Yeah. There's no there's no fucking bluebird. So when you pick these these to me, and I wouldn't try it on some massive gap jump. This is this is climbing, right? Right. Um, but it, it can start translating into confidence on the downhill and that sort of stuff um, but I guess the point is is like at a certain point this year I said my relationship with these two spots isn't a or b it's a you know it's there I can get an a I can get a b plus or I can get yeah. an f I got but, a little further this time yeah I got uh, up to that one this yep. time and one of them the switch back up at the top interestingly I didn't make it last night <laughs> did not did not um but I mean Nine and a half out of ten times now, because I just committed to trying it over and over and over and over again. You know, the first time I tried it, I barely made it. And the third time I made it a little bit further. And the fifth time I got it. And now whatever bike I'm on, I get that feature. Short travel, cross country bike, the big bike, the SB one fifty, my new optic, like I get it every time. So now my norm for that is pass, 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 pass. Right. Um, and so What's the reality of failing or trying it and failing it? I'm going to tip over. I'm going to skin my knee. Right. It's going to suck, but I'm going to be alive. I tried it. Might scrape up my bike. So allow the understanding that the consequence isn't as high as you think it is. So give it a shot, right? Yeah. And then, and, and also, we're pretty much talking to adults, right? Yeah. So who who's going to tell you it's okay to try it? Someday, if you're the fail, 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 like when are you going to get the authorization? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Who's, who's going to tell you? The only person who's going to, who's going to give you. Yeah. It's you. You're, so, you. Yeah. So, um, and that really is like the ethos of no, of no right around because neither you nor I are 
like no one's knocking on our doors being like can I give you money to represent my brand? I, no. you know, like, like we're not Le, we're not yeah. the LeBron James of bike riding, uh-uh. and so, you know, we're telling you this Shit. for those we're not even fucking one of the balls. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when we say this, it's it's because we're there too. Yeah, um, work with one of our teammates, and we were working on technical climbing a couple weeks ago, and. I received a really good compliment and I don't think they were many meaning to send me a compliment. It was just kind of a back, uh, just a, a, a comment he made. And he's like, you know, I like when I'm riding with insert other person because they feel like they're closer um, in my skill level. And it's like, well, if I see them do it, then it's like, I can do it. He's like, versus riding with you. Well, it's like, well, yeah, I know you went and did all the, and the, I took it as a compliment because I, it was not long ago when I couldn't do any of this shit. Right. I still know the spot on Green Mountain where I crashed when I first got back into brand mountain bikes. Right. I crashed there four times that season, and I still brake check by it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's in your like head. Today, I still brake check by it, okay? I'm going to go ride there tonight with, with Abby. I'm going to brake check there. Like it's, And so I, I took it as a compliment, but I remember what it's like. I know what it's like yeah. to not get a thing, and I know what it's like to get a thing. Yeah. And that's the deal. And I think that's... You know, I got, you know, to reference Green Mountain, which is, I would say, a green trail from, like, every part of it's a green trail, right? Right. Like, it's not, there's nothing super big. One, that one, the bigger line of box rots might bump up to, like, a blue-black. Maybe, yeah. yeah. And it's for, like, 13 feet. It's not far. <laughs> yeah. Um, But that section, I couldn't get it. I yeah. don't know why. Uh, didn't matter what bike I was on. I was like, I'm going to bring the SB1. I'm going to bring the biggest bike we have at the store. I'm going to bring it there. I'm going to get this fucker. And I never did that because riding that big of a bike out there, no go. Um, and then just literally one day, you know what? I, I was doing an after work ride. And there was a group of people that I didn't know on the other side of it. And I was like, so super spandex racer boy, like full no ride around <laughs> kit, short travel bike. And I was like, I can't look this put together and not at least be able to do the easy line right. in front of 20 people literally on the other side of it. <laughs> and I nailed it. That's the best. <laughs> and so- since, I na- since, since then, and it's not hard. It's not like it's some amazing accomplishment. Like it's a pretty- No, but every beginner- Yeah. And I'm not saying beginner, like anyone who went out there who'd yeah. never seen it before would be intimidated- yeah. Well, you come around and be like, whoa, what is that? It's a whole, shit lot of ro- whole right. shitload of rocks and yeah. then more rocks and yeah. then a couple of turns. Like, Yeah, so everyone's going to go, like, first time riding out there is what I meant. Not being yeah. able like, first yeah. time on that ride. You're going to come around and go, wait, what is that? Yeah. You know? Yeah, so there's plenty of evolution to happen. I think just, you know, just try shit. No ride around. Like, you know, it's, don't, again, be smart. Don't do, you know, the the eight foot gap jump that you've never done and you don't know how to jump a bike. Right. Yeah. I, but like try shit. It's okay. I sell, you know how many knee pads we sell a year? How many helmets we sell a year? The hell are you wearing them for? Right. <laughs> you know, consequently, anytime I wear knee pads, I never crash. Oh, it's actually no. a good way to not crash. If yeah. you get a set of G forms or some, just something, whatever, yeah. put them on, you won't crash because you're insured against it. Um, it's like getting a flat with uh, not having a tube. Totally. Yeah. Like, um, so, Kind of on on trend with that. Harley and I came up with this idea. It was actually Harley came to me with the idea of this podcast, and then it's it's grown and grown. And this year we took took a bigger jump and made the team out of it. And then um, the world imploded, and so our team really wasn't much of a team thing because there was no world to live in. Yeah, remember um, the before times when there was bike racing <laughs> yeah. and stuff. So. I remember before times when I shook someone's hand when I met them. Right. Now I'm like, bitch, stay back. <laughs> I don't know you. I don't know you. Or your circle. Yeah. Um, but we we got to see some daylight, and Highlands Ranch opened up their midweek race series, and it was a real good opportunity for No Ride Around to step out from not being known. You know, we did these rogue races, which have been really cool, but to be seen on a, on a more public stage, and we had a hell of a showing. For these Wednesday night races. There was a couple of cool things. Cause like, you know, you're, oh, I got to do a, a hmm. <clears throat> we'll get to it. <laughs> um, His face matched that noise. So for those of you just <laughs> listening, it was what you think that looked like. Yeah. It looked like. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so I mean, there's there's some some well known, well established teams here. You know, there's the Palmares Group, there's a Fout Racing, um, there's the Bikery at the Brewery, like and Alpha, Alpha, um, and so there's there's a lot of local teams, and you know, everybody's out having fun on bikes. Right. So thumbs up, awesome. Um, but between when between last season and when we decided to form a team, we hadn't been able to present ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are you gonna do? Send a press release to about racing and be like, hey guys, we started a team too. <laughs> right. You're not gonna do that, right? So they just need to be aware of you by virtue of the fact that you're there rolling deep with a bunch of people wearing the same matching outfit. <laughs> and that's what we did. Yeah, and that's what we did. Um I missed the very first one. Yeah, I think all of us I don't think we really had we had we had just a couple really, of people there yeah, in um, the first one. It, I was, think it was like three. For time, because we had it was uh the week before Telluride one hundred and we had Four people, five people doing the Telluride 100. So it, it just kind of was like an off week. But weeks two, three, and four. I mean, we were rolling pretty heavy for, dude. you know, considering. At the end of the races, we'd have a dozen people yeah. in our kit. And I think this is what was impressive. A dozen people are not a lot. There were there were hundreds of people out there. Mm-hmm. Highlands Ranch puts on a great deal. A lot of people go out. Um, but we were all there together the whole time. Yeah. And that was what was different. A lot of the other teams, you know. A race would finish, people leave. Race finished, people leave. We all hung out, and then we were all there. And we were all there until the last person finished, right? And we stayed there. And so we looked – I mean, we were a gang, yeah. you know? Yeah, well, and you and I talked about it because the other teams do – the other teams do have, you know, quadruple the number of members that we have. Right. So they don't know a lot of each other. Yeah, right? which like, is nonsense, first of all. <clears throat> yeah, if you're on a team, you should know everyone's name on your team. Um, but you and I talked about it afterwards, and it's just like that's what we do, right? Like – um, I had just listened to um, a Jocko podcast about he does a lot of like business management stuff. But the thing that like the, the size of the team shouldn't matter how, what the conduct of the team is. Right. Like if the team, you know, the captain of the team or the co-captain of the team doesn't ever say to everybody, hey, you know what? If there's 20 of us here, we wait till every person crosses the line. That person may say, well, I can't do that. We have 200 members. Well, you can't do that because you chose not to create yeah. that. Yeah. If if the rule is the rule. Yeah. Two twenty or two hundred. Yeah. It's the rule. So, um, and it was like it was kind of unspoken. It just kind of yeah, yeah happened. Yeah. yeah, we didn't force anyone's hand. Yeah. Everybody just waited until everybody was done. So like now but, we did we if if we did have two hundred members and we had a hundred of them at a race, we may have to be like, look, guys, like we all like, we would have to go out of our way to say something. Yeah. No, I know. But have have you ever been to a nude beach? No, I have not. You haven't? No. I've been to a nude beach. Uh, I actually went to a nudist resort. Okay. Um, it was in college. And yeah. uh, I, was, I hope my wife does How this. How does this relate episode. back to cycling? <laughs> so when I went to the nude beach for the first time, uh, I wanted to see naked people. I was in college, man. I'm like 20 years old. So I want to see some naked people. Yeah, that, that's what you're there for, right? Okay. And so I walk out there to see naked people, but I'm not naked because I'm 20 and I'm Still yeah. insecure about like my penis or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I walk out there and I'm like looking at naked people, and instantly, you know what happens? You feel really awkward because you're because you're naked. not naked. Yeah, and that's what it would be like at this point with the with the vibe of our team. Yeah, to leave early, yeah. right? You would be like, it's really awkward to leave early because no one's leaving early. Yeah, you know, now things come up for sure. But yeah, well, and even the people who you know, um, there was a couple of our teammates who did have to on the second one or no. Whatever. Well, on one of them, like a couple of people like had to bone out, but they waited. Right. Like they, now the second the last rider came across the finish line, yeah. they were like, yeah. picture, awesome, high five, see you later. I got to go. I'm hungry. Got work at 6 a.m. later. Right, right. But they waited. Right. And that, did that tie in, by the way? Yeah, it did. Did, did I get it? Nice job. I'm always, uh, your journeys are always amazing. Dude, my back was so tan that trip. We were there for a week. <laughs> I couldn't lay on my back. I had to lay on my stomach like the whole time. <laughs> Connect the dots. Uh, anyway. Right between the lines. Um, uh, so, but in addition to that, we had, when I saw, because it's a, it's a four race series. Yep. And there's Best can, three finishes. Best three finishes. For the series points. And we had two members podium the series. Yep. Um, you won both single speed events that you did. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, like, it was it was almost like take it with a grain of salt, whatever you want to say. 
but it felt like not only had we shown up and announced that we were a thing, but then we also were able to put a stamp on it. Right, performed well. Right, like we yeah. had, um, you won both of the races that you ended up doing, and to hear to hear the story, like the 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 first one you did, like you had to work for it. I I I'll be honest with you. For the short amount of time that it was, yeah. I've never worked that hard that I can recall <laughs> on my bike. Yeah, and that is that trumps like because I think cyclocross racing, I'm I'm peaked because it's short, right? Yeah, and these races were short too, but um, I don't think I've ever worked that hard. That yeah. first race, that dude Mitch, yeah. Mitch Westall, he races for Gates. Um, boy, you're fast. Yeah, and one of my I have a new staff member Tony who raced uh, races for Gates on for cyclocross, and he's like, yeah, my buddy Mitch like. He raced single speed and he just pedals sitting down the whole time. Dude, now watch that bastard sitting <laughs> and pedaling and sitting and pedaling. And I'm like, my God, like I'm gonna have to find something else inside of me. So for to be clear, for everybody who hasn't ridden a single speed or ridden with somebody who rides a single speed, um, that's not how you ride a single speed. No, you stand up because you need every piece of muscle yeah. to like force counter force a pedal stroke. Yeah. Not this dude. Yeah. No, he just sits and grinds. Which when when Tony told me about that, I was like, "What?" It doesn't sound right, right? It sounds like, completely wrong. It doesn't even sound like you could do it. And then yeah. I watched it. Yeah. Um. So you won both of yours. Um. Chad performed. Chad did. He was well. top five every race, uh, except for the very first one. But he raced the rayon, <laughs> yeah. and then he borrowed a bike. <laughs> yeah. He raced uh, a hundred and. 50 mil squish that bike. That one's 160. 160. 160 mil squish bike. He's a 35 pound bike against dudes. It on, still was top 10. Yeah, it was still, I mean, he still crushed it. Um, So he did, he was super consistent over the four races and he won the series. Right. Which uh, was, he got second in the series. Was it? Yeah. I thought it was first. Um, But regardless, podium. Yeah, because him and Abby got second in the series. Yeah. And then, and then he wife, won the Rattler race. That's what it was. That's right. He won yeah. the Rattler race. Um. And then, yeah, Abby, like, we were just giving her kudos the other day for, like, way to be a mountain biker. And then she, like, rolls in, races sport women. Right, doesn't bother with the beginner group. Screw the beginner bullshit. I was like, you're too ripped for a beginner. Right. Like Not to be a dick, No, like, like, she's just. Like, you're, Abby, you're, like, a top half of 1% <laughs> right. physique for 40-year-old women. Yeah. Crush like, mode. Yeah. Yeah, you don't get to race beginner. You don't get to race beginner. <laughs> um, but she got. What two thirds and a fourth or something? Two thirds like? and a fourth, yeah. And then that earned her an overall second. Yeah. So not only did we like roll out, like kind of have our official, hey, we're we're doing this and we're a team and we've got some depth, but then yeah. we we performed. Yeah. Like we we occupied as a group, we occupied top spots of the whole event. And then the following following Saturday after the last race, that was that Rattler series. And yep. Then Chad goes and wins it. Yep. So against all the same guys, he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> I saw him." I was like, "Dude, good job." He's like, "That's awesome, man." Yeah, like I just need a little bit more time to beat those guys. He's like, "He's like outside of an hour, I can get them, but like inside of an hour, it's just hard." <laughs> oh, dude, Chad's a story right now. So we'll get into this maybe towards the end. But we did that big event this this last weekend, which was like nine hours on the bike. Right. So. Cool. And uh, and he, he finished, and um, he's like, I don't know exactly where I need to be. He goes, because I really like the, like, two-hour mark. He's like, the short ones, you know, I'm, I'm still fi- the two-hour. But he's like, today, I don't know. Today was a – today was a – He's looking for his identity on a bike. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's trying – fast is his well, identity. And then the, the hilarious thing is, is the, doesn't he have, like, two national – collegiate national champs yeah. jerseys in downhill? Yeah. So not even XC. No. Like, so he's all over. He's just a mess. He's all over. Uh, but he's fast. He's, he's a fast mess. Bikes. He's a fast mess. <laughs> um, so I, you know, this was jumping. So we, you and I were just having coffee, and you were like, blah, 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 race on Wednesday. And I whipped my laptop out. I was like, the hell with it. I'm signing up. And I was kind of blown away. Not in a, like a, I didn't no. think you were going away, but you like. It you just know, didn't you, seem like the year for me to like leave. You chew on things sometimes. Yeah. Like but, you spend some time making a decision and that was no time spent. But also sometimes I just have to like make the decision. I have to do the Justin be right, <laughs> be wrong, be fast. Yeah, you exactly. know? Sometimes I have to do it. And so I just, I signed up on the spot for the first one, um, knowing that it was probably going to create a little 
indigestion for the staff at the shop because I was going to leave at four o'clock on a Wednesday and it's not really much slower. It's a little slower, but like, but uh, like a, a Wednesday at the bike shop is like a Tuesday for you office jockeys, which is like, it's, you get shit done day. Yeah. Right. Like we're into the work week. Yep. Um, but I did it and it was, um, so I'll tell you this, there's a, I, I kind of want to talk about similarities and differences cause it's, it's not like any race I've ever done before, but there are parts of it that are exactly the same. So what I, what I learned <clears throat> is whether it's 10 miles or six days, I don't sleep any better the night before. <laughs> <laughs> Harley, for those of you that aren't as intimately aware of the nuances that is one Harley, uh, this dude can work himself up the yeah. night before and he has stress dreams yeah, that are totally fucking crazy. Yeah, like, really. I've had stress, I, dude. I had a stress dream. This was after we had deferred for Leadville <laughs> this year, so Leadville's not happening, right? Mm-hmm. And I had a stress dream like two months ago about Leadville after I knew goddamn good and well that I wasn't doing it this <laughs> and year. Your stress dreams are like realistic stresses, like oh, dude, like late to the start line or, yeah. or like not like the bike wasn't set up. I forgot a wheel. Yeah, like full didn't bring on. my nutrition. Lost the course. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like panic state. So I didn't have stress dreams about the race necessarily, uh, but it's just that like that that butterfly. Yeah, feel like like heart rate feels like it's five percent higher than it should be, and you know just like just a little uneasy. Um, so for me, ten miles or or six day stage race, the, the emotions are exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the race setup's kind of the same, right? Like. Same clothes, same gear, number plate. Yeah. You know, if you have any nutrition, which you really don't for a 10 mile, but if you do, it's race nutrition, well, like beta red or whatever. Like you're- and so things that, so over the three weeks, I did better and better each week. So in terms of like where you finished in the field. Where I finished and how I felt I yeah. did. Like cool. just objective observation of like, how do I think, I, like, how do I feel about how my performance was? Because, you know, the first week I felt fine about it, knowing that I gave myself a big pass on the first week. Never done the distance, never done the trails. Um, hadn't, like, I kind of, for better or worse, abandoned structure as far as, like, training on a bike goes. And just kind of at a certain point, the summer was like, I want to ride my bike outside with my friends and have fun. Mm-hmm. And so I hadn't, I certainly hadn't prepared for that kind of effort. Um, so I just gave myself a lot of, like, dude, just go. Like, go put a number plate on your bike. Go put your race kit on go high five with your friends and um you had a shit eating grin when you came through that finish line too. so whether it's 10 miles or six days the feeling of fit crossing a finish line is the same it's just as rewarding it's so awesome i mean and that picture that i have posted from that race uh was a picture that you snapped because you didn't race that one right um i mean i've that I can look at that picture and know that those are emotions are the same emotions I had the day that we finished Breck Epic. Right. Like, and I didn't realize until I finished that day, how much I had been missing racing. Like it just, I felt like I had accomplished what the season was supposed to be in one 50 minute race. And I love hearing <laughs> you say that because, um, I go a little overboard on, a, <sighs> on everything. Really? <laughs> And so when I talk about racing being so cool, I feel like people can look at me like, well, yeah, dude. I mean, yeah, because like, yeah, for you. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that you're not that, but you're not I'm as not... overboard. Like, yeah. Like my character, if was a cartoon, is like constantly sitting on a, a TN, piece of TNT with like a wick. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And yep. yours isn't quite a piece of TNT. Yeah. You're more put together as a total package human than I am. <laughs> So for people to hear you say how rewarding it is, it just like it reaffirms it's not about being racer boys. It's about when you finish, whether it's forty five minutes or six days, of I was only focusing on one thing, and then that thing finished, and I feel really good about it. Mm-hmm. That feeling is unreal. No, there's nothing like it. And you know, I, 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 I feel like we've touched on this a number of times over all the episodes we've done of this podcast. But like, race a bike once. Everybody should race a bike once. Yeah. It, it, you know, sorry, child of the nineties. And I'm going to use a fight club quote, but it's, it applies. Like how much can you know about yourself? If you've never been punched in the face, 
And it doesn't have to be a punch, but how much can you know about yourself if you don't test yourself? Right. And you never ride as hard on your own. You just can't. You don't. The energy is not the same. Like, it doesn't even, even if you say, I'm going to, okay, so the only people that do ride this hard on their own are the like Strava dudes that are hunting KOMs. Yeah, they'll go ahead and they'll, yeah. And they're all pure racers. So yeah. we're already talking about super elite. You're talking <laughs> about one, the 1% of the 1%. Yeah, already. So they don't apply. Like, you, you never do that. No. Um, so I gave myself a pretty big pass on that first one. Um, and I learned a lot. Um, I learned that a warm up for a 50 minute race is not 10 minutes. <laughs> for me, what I, and it'll, it'll vary from person to person. But, uh, for me, I, I needed like, I needed to get sweaty for about 25 minutes. Yeah. I think that the idea is when we think of something being really short, then we shorten every part of it Yeah. when you're like, well, no, the body still needs to be just as prepared. Right. Yeah. Um, so the first week, I, I so the the first race um, started on this drag race of a climb that wasn't overly hard, but it was sandy, and it kicked up real hard at the end. And I basically just did two up that, and I was like, "All right, I'm good." Um, the following week, I didn't. I did one up and down, and then um, I just went and did tempo around the parking lot, some sprint efforts. I just stayed moving all the way up until about ten minutes before we lined up. And it made such a huge difference just in how I felt coming off the line. And it made a super cool Strava design. <laughs> you did, like, the, you like, like that. In, in the parking lot, you had these squiggly squiggles. It looked like a, it looked like a big lollipop with a waffle on the end. <laughs> totally. <laughs> what your route looked like. Um, so, and then there was a, it was kind of a big deal, or it was just a big shift of, I mean, name a race that you, other than that race series, that you started at four or five, six o'clock at night. Yeah, n- no. Like, so it's it's crazy for me to wake up and know I have a race in, you know, at the end of the day at six o'clock, wake up at eight, get a good night's sleep, sleep in a little bit, wake up at eight and know that between eight and four, all my nutrition is race prep. Yeah. Like the whole day of eating needs to be. You like, need to be cognizant. I'm not going to eat gonna, a cheeseburger at right. lunch that yeah. day. There's be, no bombs. You can't have a bomb. No. So like um, just figuring out what that looked like. Because the first week I kind of had it. Like I knew in the back of my mind that that was what needed to happen. Um, but I didn't really know how to execute it. And by weeks two and three I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like how do you fuel all day for a race that's one you don't, doesn't it really at the end of the day the race itself doesn't need much fuel but you you can't be depleted right um so yeah that was that was a that was a big learning curve so the warm up eating all day and then holy shit that pace yeah it's <laughs> it, so that's what I was going to say do you know what my strategy with nutrition was tell me 300 milligrams of caffeine about an hour before the race started. That's the key. I definitely did that. I definitely yeah, like, like, you know, you always call it my trucker speed, whether it's a rock star or a monster, yeah. but like definitely like slam a monster. Yeah. You, because it's, it's short. Yeah. So you need to do the, um, I heard somebody called, we talked about building a campfire last week. Somebody called it uh, girl scout water. It, what? It's like a slight on like, uh, girls making a campfire. So okay. it's just, Lighter fluid. Okay. Girl right? Scout water. Got it. There you All go. Right. Okay. I know. It's like today I can't probably say it. I probably. Yeah. Sorry, lady. We just lost 500 listeners. Yes. That means we're negative. Negative <laughs> two, 300. <laughs> so. Shit. Uh, but that's what you need for those races is yeah. you just need to be filled with a bunch of lighter fluid. Yep. Because you're going to be on fire for the two laps or whatever the course was. Yeah. Two and laps that, each time. So, so what I ended up doing was I ate a fairly consistent for what my diet is up until about one o'clock um and then i had a four o'clock snack like a a bar or something and then beta red and a goo at the start line yes perfect like just waffle i'd I'd waffle a waffle and a beta red and an empty water bottle on the bike because (laughs) one you should be hydrated enough to race for an hour without drinking water dude to need water for an hour it's, it blows me. People do it in the gym all the time. Like in the middle of a workout, they're going to go and get a simple. I'm like, really? It's, it's, re- 
it's refreshing because you're sweating your fucking face off. Yeah, I hear you, but, but you, you need, don't need it. You need the water. Yeah, I get. I actually lose my shit on a couple of people. Put the fucking water bottle. Like I'll get on some people. So you should bring this back. But when Amy still yeah, coached squat for you drink. squat, where you drink. If you want to drink, drink. Drink. We have been drinking. Because you got to do a squat. Yeah, that should be a thing again. Yeah, I know it should be a thing again. Um, Implementing it. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> it was you had to squat while you drank, and if you didn't and you got caught, it was three burpees. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I got caught. It was her birthday yesterday, actually. I miss her coaching. She's fun. She's cool. Chick. Anyway, um, but yeah, dude, that intensity. I mean, so and then that was the biggest bucket of cold water for me. Yeah, how fire it is. I mean, the whole time. Think about what races have I done? Not a endurance, single one long. under 33 miles. Endurance, and not only that, races where you had, albeit a lot of climbing, sure, but you would have long climbs, which means you have long descents. Yep. Every one of these races, you pedaled the whole time. Yep. There was no sustained descent. So there's no, like for me, um, I'm not, like I love descending and I'm really comfortable. Mm-hmm. And because of that, my heart rate drops like to the... 50% yeah. of my max heart rate. When I'm descending, I can get really calm. And so that allows me to then have the reserves, right, when you get to the big climb. This was just your nuke the whole time. You're pedaling the whole time. Yeah, no. And that was, I mean, that was the first race. Again, I gave myself a lot of passes, so I didn't, like, get down on myself for what I did at the first race. I knew <laughs> it was hilarious. From standing at the start line, to eight pedal strokes in, I went from 105 BPM to 175. No <laughs> exaggeration. This if is... you look at my heart rate data, it's green, and the very next bar was red. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this term called psychosomatic. Yeah. Right? It's when your brain can change your body. Yep. And <laughs> that's exactly that's what happened. exactly what happened. Um, Mine does that too. But it was hilarious. Like, I love it. Like I, I felt it happen, and I was like, well, this doesn't feel super sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> Strangely, though, it can be sustainable can for be. the forty-five minutes that we're out there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the 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 opening pace was blistering, um, and then I think the next major hurdle I had for the whole thing was there are on this kind of race, depending on what your fitness is and where you are in the pack, there are periods of time where you are solo. Right? Right. You're by yourself. And something that I didn't think I was going to have a problem with, but did, was convincing myself to push while I'm solo. Right? So, like, if there's nobody around you, you're like, okay, well, nobody's catching me, and I'm not going to catch anybody. So, whether it's 5%, 10%, whatever, you back off. Or I did back off. Um, And that's not how those races work. No. You... And you convince yourself, you're like, well, I'm pedaling, I'm on the gas, but then, you know, and this is why I like power and I like heart rate is the data tells the, tells the story. And if your heart rate drops, well then guess what you didn't do? Yeah. Try. Yeah. Exactly. Your best. Yeah. Um, Cause you actually are always chasing somebody. Yeah, for sure. Well, even though we don't see them. Yeah. But you're right when it's not in the front of your mind. Yeah. Um, second race. It, it the and I won't go through each race because that'd take forever. Um, but I felt like each each race, I felt like I evolved a little bit into that kind of racing. Um, so much so that by the last race, um, I didn't get past as much. <laughs> uh, there's some fast teenagers, guys. Don't get it. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> no, but I think what I think uh, what we and I, you and I chatted about, and then you showed it by the way you rode is. Sometimes you have an experience, like your first race, and then you can like slot yourself. Yeah. And oh yeah, definitely. just like when we opened the episode, we said like, if it's binary and you're always like fail, fail, fail. Like when do you get permission to succeed? Yeah. And sometimes when we auto slot ourselves, you know, just by default, I think we're like a negative species, most of us. So when you when you slot yourself, we we tend to slot ourselves lower than probably what our true potential is. Mm-hmm. And that is crippling in a race. Yeah. Yeah, like, if you're just like, well, I know I'm not going to beat X percent of the field to the single track, and I'll just settle in where I settle in. Right. Then you already are settling in in that spot. Yeah. So do you know how you win a – do you know how you get first place in a in a 45 to 60-minute race? You 
bury yourself at the beginning. Yeah, you be in first the whole time. Yeah. Right. Like this idea of like having a strategy and a and then I'll nah. slip. Not on a single track, forty-five minute race. Like you want to win, get into the front and then hold on. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Like, and and that and again, that's that circles back around into the pass fail mentality. Maybe that day you have the. Maybe you have the the legs to to hold that first place spot, and maybe you don't, but you tried. Right. Um, but I, you know, again, um, one super into that kind of racing now. It's like, fun. It's crazy fun. It's just so different. Like endurance racing is its own thing, and it's super rewarding in its own way, but it's never exciting. Right. Like, doing the event is exciting. Like going to Leadville on Friday and seeing the whole thing and picking up your packet. And going to the the high school on on you know Friday afternoon for the the big speech like there are exciting aspects of participating, but the race in and of itself is not exciting. Yeah, like if you watched it as a spectator, it's a snooze fest. Yeah, but these like hot short track races, yeah. as a spectator, it's like NASCAR. You know it's what I mean? Super fun. Um, and then the last race, I had the most fun in the last race. It was a course that really I think really super suited me. It had some technical sections, which. Um, a lot of ride a lot of these riders aren't built for um and basically the climb was at the beginning and then it was kind of done yeah, so, it was done because it went it went out as a climb and then it was two loops yeah away from where the climb was so then it was just a threshold ride like mm. as for as long as for an hour right um it was a ton of fun um but i i my two big achievements for me at that one were lessons that i learned from the other two races which were um to, you know, to just go out as hard as you can. And, uh, and I, I accomplished that and didn't become disconnect that disconnected from my group. Now sport men's a big ass class, like probably the biggest class. I think there yeah. was 50 riders in, in that group, all three of the ones that I did. Um, so, but I stayed relatively connected with my group. Um, and that adds a, like a whole other layer of fun because you're you're chasing, you're looking, yeah. you know, you're you're in a pack, you're working, you're looking for opportunities to pass, of which there are very few. Um, and then the, on the second lap, um, I did find myself like I passed enough people and got passed enough that like I ended up in that isolated situation, and I just knew what my power number needed to be, and instead of letting anything other than that tell the tell the tale of what i was doing i just stuck to that which is why that number those number having those numbers man yeah they're not live or die right but if you're on a course where it's just pedal and it's not a lot of climbing it's not a lot of vert like that was a really good opportunity for me to just be like i know i can do 280 watts for this whole section right and to just stay there um so i don't know Huge learning experience, totally different racing modality from anything I've ever done. Um, definitely doing it next year. Um, and yeah. And like, kudos to them for putting it on. So yeah. I mean, I think yeah, it's that, worth, worth noting like um, there were a lot of protocols for COVID racing. I'm mm -hmm. not going to say that every everyone lived up to what they those, weren't strictly enforced but but they were there and and you could tell they were aware of and, and they made it sa as safe as you wanted to feel yeah now i knew some people that they finished the race and they didn't hang out they wanted to bone out right away yeah because they're like you know the big groups and whatever but um it was nice that they there was some gray area in there but also if you're super worried about you wouldn't be there anyway. you wouldn't go yeah so yeah i mean uh I'm proud of them for putting it on. No, it was great. It was so good to, and it was so funny because they did have it set up where you could just keep reusing your number plate. And I was all like, no, I did three races. I'm getting three <laughs> number plates. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, Abby did the same thing as well. I ended up, um, keeping my number only because I hate waiting in lines. Yeah. I didn't want to wait yeah. in line. Totally. I that respect was the it. only reason. I respect that. I hate, I can't stand lines. Um, but it was a ton of so it's what was it the Highlands Ranch Community Association? Yeah, uh, massive shout out. And there's a ton of people working the race, and um, there's volunteers. There was the Royal Cl Royal Crest uh, Dairy Royal guy. Crest Dairy was there, and they were handing out. So the first race that I saw them there, handing out free stuff. I'm like, yeah, I don't want any. Like, I don't want milk after milk this or whatever. <laughs> um, and so so I'm like, yeah. And then there was the next time I saw him, I was like, yeah. And the last time then. 
we saw uh, Chad's wife Beth is walking away with with two things of oat milk, and I'm yeah. like, like "Where's the oat milk?" She goes, "Oh, the Royal Crest guys." So we literally stopped. They they packed up and we're driving away, and we stopped. I'm a sucker for some oat milk, so we stopped them and they st- <laughs> opened up the back gate. Hey man, you got oat milk? Well, yeah, but you gotta like sign up for Royal Crest Dairy. I mean, for some free oat milk, dude, I'll sign up for whatever. Yeah, I'll help. get one installation like, I'll and I'll arm- cancel it. I'll join the army. <laughs> so let's. <laughs> so we got two oat milks yep. signed up for Royal Crest Dairy. Yep. And then uh the dude was like, No, guys, like you gotta really sign up though, because like it looks kind of shitty for me if, if you don't sign up. And the dude ends up like texting Abby twice in the next like twenty four hours. We signed up. Yeah. You know. I mean, run it for a month or two and so they had sponsors. It was it was a it was a full it was cool. full deal. It was super um, cool and it was super fun. Um I have to point out an incident that happened on the race course, and I'm going to call out a local team because you should hold your team members to higher standards. Uh Uh-oh. And if anybody in our team ever acts like this, one, immediately off the team, and two, can't come to the store anymore. Wow. There's no reason to act like this. Guys, we're mountain biking. We're having fun. Um, It was one of the junior riders on about racing. Yeah, I, and I know that I'm not the fastest guy. And so if somebody asks for the pass, I get off where there's a safe spot. I slow my pace just a little bit so that they can get around. And then after that, the responsibility's on them. Yeah, they should drop you for like, sure. If you're going to ask for the pass, they're like, I shouldn't even really move, but these are tight courses and you caught me. You, you started two groups behind me, you caught me. Kid... Calls for the pass. I follow my protocol of saying, go for it, pulling off the trail a little bit, giving him room. But we're coming up on this corner and he doesn't make the pass and he almost we almost dump each other. And so I get mad. I'm like, dude, if you're gonna ask for the pass, make the pass. And he says, fuck you, and rides off. Whoa. Yeah. You did not throw your bike at his face? I mean, what are you going to do? No, like, I know. I saw, and so, I got to call it out. Like, that's not how you act. Yeah. You know, so, this, so I, I deal with this a lot. I, I deal with passing people in races yeah. a lot. Um, and I do I do ask for a pass. Um, I do have a bell. And uh, shout out Josh Tostada, like, ripped my ass because he goes, don't bell me, bro. Like, <laughs> no, he's like a salaried sponsored Santa Cruz pro. Like, he's basically one of the best in the country. Yeah, he's competed in world championships. Yeah. Didn't he hours. just set the new course record for Matahe? Yeah, a monster eight thirty two. And he goes, "Don't, don't bell me, ever." Right. If you're behind me, don't bell. You can pass me. You can ask for the pass, but don't bell don't me, bell bro. Me. Yeah. Then, and I'm like. Okay. I was, okay. I, I thought the bell was the nicer thing. But like up at that level, not don't bell. Yeah. So I deal with passing a lot. But I know this. Without a doubt, I'll never get a pass that's catered to me. I have to get the pass at my expense. Yeah. So when I pass people, you be prepared to burn a match. Yeah. Like passing, passing is the hardest thing to do on the course. It's a, it's a sprint while you're sprinting. Right. And so you got to find another new thing. Mm-hmm. And most of the time you got to be willing to ride through a cactus, through a fucking tree. Yeah. Like you are going to go, uh, you're going out of your way because the person you're passing, sure, they're not your speed, but they're trying just as hard as you're trying. And it's just as important to them. Now, Maybe they're not as competitive in the field, and you're like, you can say, like, but it's more important. I'm in the fr- burn a match. Yeah, burn a match. Well, and and that and again, like, I the only reason I felt justified in getting in this rider's shit about if you're going to ask for it, do it. Right. Was that I did everything that I could as a as a fellow racer to make that pass yeah. easy for them. I slowed my pace a little bit, scrubbed a little speed, and gave them the single track. I rode in the shit. Yeah, see, you went above. So that same, was it the last race? Uh, Yeah. Okay, so that same race. Um, uh, yeah, it was, it was the last race. End of the second lap, uh, 
there was a hard there was a there was a right hand turn that went into that left that went down that steep little ditch right there mm-hmm. towards the very end, mm-hmm. right where that where it comes back mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. And um, I had caught you know because single speed starts behind the open field, and I'd caught and passed through half of the open field. Mm-hmm. But on the second lap, we've also passed all the juniors, we passed all the uh, most of the almost all the women riders, all the women riders, and so we're jumbled like juniors. It's a mess. It's a mess. Two kids in the expert field, or in the open field, young dudes, high school team, I catch up to them, and I start ripping them, right? Like, just in a fun, like, joking way, I'm like, man, you let, I'm almost 40, you let me catch you. I'm like, y'all better speed up. And then they're they're sending it, like, they're fast. And we're passing people left. Actually, the three of us together, because there's two of them and me, we when we passed Abby, we were all together, and we're passing off trail, like, because that's 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 your responsibility. So we're in, we're hauling. And then we get to a downhill uh, brief downhill, but done in there. I hear one dude's brake, and I'm like, "Bro, your coach wouldn't be wanting you to scrub bre- speed right now." It's down. Who uses brakes on the downhill? And just so I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. playing with them. So yeah. we're having a lot of fun. Nice. So they're calling out passes, and the guy up front said like, two more. The guy behind was like one more. So like we're passing together, and like, yeah. and my like, guys, I only got one gear, so you better not let me get by you. You know. So we're sending it. So we come into that turn, and they call it a pass to a junior kid, and they pass him on the right. By the time. Now it's only a second later that I reach this kid. This junior kid's now also turning right, and I'm trying to pass on the right, and I'm going to ball this kid up. Yeah. Like, bad. Had to shut it down. Not just shut it down. Lay it down. Yeah. Like, I was going to- Oh, you were all banged up. Dude, I was going to- I mean, this kid wasn't going to see 14, right? (laughs) And so I just lay the bike down into the dirt. I still can't sleep on my right side because this damn raspberry on my hip (laughs) is the worst, longest raspberry of my life. But as the faster rider trying to pass somebody, it's all on you. Yeah. That is etiquette. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying I'm some saint because I've blown shit people off the trail many times over. I'm a dick. But in the, I, I laid it down. Like, yeah. There's just certain things. I think the thing is, and again, it gets back to the leadership of the team. And I'm sorry, I'm going to put a vow on blast. Like, Whoever's coaching that kid needs to teach the kid yeah, what this sport is about, and it's not about fuck you and riding off. Yeah, like to say fuck you to anyone who's out there racing. Yeah, like everybody is a shade of the exact same person. Yeah, like if you're out there racing, like we're all the same. Yeah, and I feel bad like calling out a team because I know people on that team and they're great people on that team, but I don't know. Coaches need to do better. Yeah, like that's and and again, know that on this team, if you act like that, see ya. No negotiation. I hear about it. You're done. Like, that's not how we ride. <laughs> now, I did drop an F-bomb on trail just this last weekend. Above tree line, hiker, two dogs off leash, about 20 yard, twenty feet in front of the hiker. I, we're descending, Kokomo Pass. Call it out, 100 yards. Call it out at 50 yards. Call it out getting closer. Chad and I are downhill. Dude's dog, or lady's dog, sorry, runs directly at me, smashes into my rear wheel. It's Australian Shepherd. Must have been retarded. Smashes into my rear wheel, bounces off my wheel, and bites Chad in the foot. (laughs) I can't make this shit up. And the lady throws her arms up. She's like, what? What are you doing? And I just, I go from zero to a thousand. Yeah. And Chad is behind me. Now Chad goes, the dog bit me. I'm like, you're pedaling downhill. I don't know. He latched onto my foot and bit me. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's and so Chad starts laughing. I'm like, sorry, dude. I got kind of a little a little mad there. Yeah. He's like, you're so funny. You go from like zero to a hundred real quick. I go, I have about three seconds to make an impression. And this person's impression needed to be of one variety. Yeah. Well, and again, <laughs> you weren't real like dogs off leash, not paying attention. Called out, going for the like, whole and then your dog's a biter. Yeah. And then like I could call the authorities and have that dog yeah. put down. Yeah, your Cujo has no business being. <laughs> uh, anyway, great time. Super glad to race. Um, yeah, I'm 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 all in for next year. Yeah. So, um, a little teaser because the race season's been really weird. So weird. And um, I've been chasing. Wherever the racism going, yeah. Um, we've also been doing our own events, which mm-hmm. has been helpful for a lot of people. Um, but also, even in doing our own events, 
the bulk of them were at a time where people are still really there was no racing, right? And then also, even if you wanted to do it, some people weren't super comfortable, and some of that fear has gone away a little bit as so. the world's opening. And so we're gonna do one more. Yeah, we. So I think most of our team had Leadville as their A event for this year, and as we all know, Leadville canceled. Gave deferments. Some people were pleased with that. Some people weren't. Some people didn't make it for next year and said the hell with the whole thing. Um, and a handful of months ago, we were like, man, no matter what, you even went and wrote it, we're doing a Leadville day. Yeah. And it's going to be on the day that Leadville slash Steamboat Weekend would have been. We're going to do an LT100 standing for Local Trails 100. Yeah. Um, and you went and mapped it out, and honestly, I was not excited about doing it. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Um, and you and I sat down and we're like, yeah, let's do it. Like, let's definitely do it. And then just didn't come together. Yeah. There's a lot going on. It just didn't gel. You had some gym stuff. I had, I mean, nothing's really ever let up at at the shop for me and it just kind of came and went. And I think we both, even without, like you called me specifically to be like, Hey, I don't really have the bandwidth to do this. Um, but if you hadn't. I would have been like, man, I'm kind of glad Justin didn't bug me because I don't really have the bandwidth to pull this <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Um, but it also feels like we set out with some intention at the beginning of the season, and that was the finish line. And honestly, I like when, when you and I talked about it, I was like, all right, it's probably not going to happen. And the more I sat with it, the more I sat with it, the more I felt like it needed to happen. And so I just, I didn't get shit done at work, but <laughs> I put the whole, like I put the email together, the courses, not, not like the courses are built, but like I came up with what the events are going to mm-hmm. be. And I was just like, dude, I think we should really do this. Like we'll do it in the fall, maybe a little bit less uh, trail traffic. And here we are. Here we are. So on Saturday, October 3rd, Starting and finishing from base camp, we are going to throw a four-event race. Yep. Yeah, the email said five, but to be clear, it's going to be four. Yeah, I thought I adjusted. You didn't. It. It's okay. I did in the image, at least. The image, yes. Yeah. But the the body of the email. So it's going to be. We did have the hundred-mile mountain bike, but I think, and we talked about this yesterday or the day before. Time like, and well, just amount amount of daylight yeah, in yeah, October. Hours, yeah. So we're going to have a hundred k mountain bike. Hundred uh, hundred mile mountain bike. Or no, sorry. What are we doing? We're doing a 100K mountain bike, and then a 50K gravel, and a 100K gravel. That's right. And then a duathlon, which is going to be a run, bike, run, five mile, 20 mile, five mile. Yep. And um, yeah, I just, you know, I, I I think it'll be a great finale. It'll be awesome. You, you've, um, you've opened up the shop area. We're gonna have a barbecue afterwards. Yep. Socially distanced yep. barbecue. The community aspect yeah. to the deal. Uh, sponsors are coming through strong. Yeah. Yeah. Started, started actually uh, talked to the guys from Norco today. So no bikes. Sorry, guys. Um, but uh, but swag. Swag. Um, reached out to uh, Noon Hydration. Reached out to uh, Enduro Bites for, for food and for some Beta Red, for some rocket fuel. Got Amp Lotion on board. Nice. With a bunch of prize packs. So, so it'll be it'll be the I think the season finale, regardless of what the rogue race thing looks like for 2021. If we decide to do more of them, just because why not, or if, if this is the the last one we ever do, um, I think it 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 puts a nice little bow yeah, on the nice season, bow. and it gives you know we we wanted to give an opportunity not just for the mountain bikers because we're a little heavy on that. And super heavy on that because that's what we do. <laughs> yep. But we wanted the gravel and roadies. Um, and also we wanted our triathletes. Who- we had a ton of people who signed up for triathletes. Some of like, um, Troxler. Yeah. She was going like, to, three of them bought new bikes this to year. To do triathlon. To do triathlon and weren't able to do it. So, so we got to do athlon for you. We don't have a pool. Sorry. Right. But, um, so, but you didn't want to do the swim anyway. It was a like means to the rest of the yeah. deal. So we're going to have that October 3rd. Uh, the information's on our Facebook page. If you go to Facebook and just search No Ride Around, uh, we've also had an email sent out. There's a link to register. Um, the event doesn't cost you anything. Yep, this one's free. So it's super cool. And uh, 
and you're gonna walk away with just with knowing you, you had a good final go. Yeah. Um, and you'll get fed. You get fed, and you'll get refreshed. There'll be post ride refreshments as well. Basically, you're gonna get everything in a cool event. Yep. And all you gotta do is show up, and that's right, live the ethos yeah. and do no ride around, and and be cool to other racers. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. You, a big one. Yeah. I'm gonna harp on that one a little bit. Yeah, I think Harley will take his <laughs> microphone off the stand and club you. So be real. Um, so yeah, um, definitely hit us up on all the socials. Um, you can email us at noridearound at gmail.com for any questions um, about the event, or we're still going to curate some more uh, user-generated questions for uh, another episode in the future. So if you've got those, hit us up there. And... Go ride your bikes. Yeah, go ride. It's... It's, it's smoky, but it's nice. <laughs> See you guys. Thanks for listening. Don't wait! You're done! So get the fuck out! Don't wait!